0: I want to just share a few thoughts with you today. I've entitled this God's first fruit given for us. God's first fruit given for us. And I want you to read with me Exodus chapter 13 and a few verses there. Exodus chapter 13. I was praying, honey, and there's a lot of different ways I could have gone tonight. A lot of different sermons that are wonderful, but I didn't want just a sermon that was wonderful. I wanted the right thing. And this is what the Lord dropped in my heart as the right thing for this evening. And I've called it, Jesus, God's first fruit given for us. Amen. Before you look at Exodus, have a look quickly at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of of them that slept or in other words he's become the first fruits of the dead now we're going to talk on sunday about verses that talk about him being the firstborn of the dead but in this case he calls him the first fruits it's the same basic thing but the reason why, why why paul here is saying the first fruits from them that sleep are from the dead meaning sleep meaning dead those that have died he was called the first fruits from the dead why because he was God's first fruit that was given for us in death. That is why Paul uses the not just the firstborn analogy, but he also uses the first fruits analogy because Jesus was God's first fruit that was given for us to die. And then that first fruit, he was the first fruit that was risen from the dead. He was the first fruit of those of the dead. In other words, he died, but then he was the first one to come out of death. And that's why you see this statement here, the first fruits of those that sleep are the first fruits of the dead. Because he's often more, more commonly referred to as the firstborn. We'll talk about that Sunday morning. But in this case, you see first fruits. So it's interesting... And I'm going to show you in Exodus how he is God's first fruit. God's first fruit was Jesus given in death. Then Jesus became the first fruit from the dead. The first fruit to be risen. Praise God. Now, have a look at Exodus chapter... 13. Remember Exodus chapter 12, which I quote frequently, is about applying the blood. The plague should not come into your house you. The destroyer should not enter in. That's verse 13, chapter 12, verse 13 and 23. But now, so this is all about the Passover. But now we see here chapter 13 right afterward. And it says, and the Lord spoken to Moses, verse one, saying, verse two, sanctify. Now, do you remember Leviticus 2730? It says the tithe sanctify the tithe, the tithe is sanctified or separated or holy unto me. It's all the same. Hebrew word to be holy is to be sacred or set apart or sanctified. The tithe is set apart to God. Now he says, watch now. He's talking about the tithe. Sanctify. It's holy. It's set apart unto me. All the firstborn whatsoever openeth the womb. When a wife, when a woman, female animal, or a woman give birth, they are opening the womb for the first time. The firstborn sanctify separate unto me as holy the firstborn who so whatsoever openeth the womb among listen the children of israel both of man and of beast it is mine it is mine he said the first belongs to me Amen. i own it this is backs up leviticus 27 now Go with me down, because it talks about he talks about a lot of other things there, specifically about the, the 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 Passover with the unleavened bread. But remember verse two, he's talking about the firstborn belongs to God, separated, the first one that opens the womb of both woman, man, and beast. When it says man, it means woman. Obviously, men can't give birth, but it says man and beast. It's meaning woman and animals. Now, go down if you would to verse eight. Ah, praise God. No, not verse eight. Verse eleven. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites. What is that called? The promised land. Remember, we got symbolism going on here. They were in Egypt, which represents sin, darkness, and bondage, which for us represents the kingdom of darkness being under Satan's control. They were coming into the land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites lived, which represented prosperity and life, which represents the born again kingdom of God experience. So when you see and it shall be when you, when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, what it's really saying symbolically for us is when you're born again and in the kingdom of God as he swear unto thee and to thy fathers to give it to thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord, verse 12, all that openeth the matrix or the womb, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass or a donkey, you will redeem with a lamb. What does that mean? The first donkey to be born, you buy back. Redeem means to buy back because God didn't want donkeys sacrificed. They were unclean animals. So he said, when a donkey gives birth, you don't sacrifice that, you buy it back with a lamb. Now watch this. If you don't redeem it, you are to break the donkey's neck. In other words, the firstborn of that donkey is God's you either replace it or buy it back by sacrificing a lamb in its place, or if you don't sacrifice anything, you have to kill it because it's God's. You can't touch what's God's. You can't use what's God's. You can't have that animal grow up and be productive in your, in your life because that's God's animal. Amen. Do you see that? So if you don't redeem that donkey with a lamb, you have to kill the donkey. And and now and all the firstborn of man, that means every male that comes forth, the first, among thy children thou shalt redeem. God couldn't sacrifice children. That's what demon gods do. But God still said the firstborn that comes out, the first child that comes out, the first male, is holy unto the Lord. So what when the first boy was born in a family, they would take a lamb, they would redeem back that child by taking a lamb in its place, and they would sacrifice that lamb to the Lord. Why? Because every first belongs to God. The first animal belongs to God, and if it's an unclean animal, buy it back with a clean animal. The first human belongs to God in every family. You don't sacrifice that by killing it, but you buy it it back with an animal, and you sacrifice that animal because the first belongs to God. That's what he's trying to get us, trying to get over to us. Amen. Now, and it shall be when, now this is very powerful, and it shall be, verse 14, when your son, that means all future generations, when they ask thee in time to come in the future, saying, what is this? Why do we do this? this? See, God is concerned about the next generation. What is this? Thou shalt say unto him, unto your child. In other words, are you you listening? I I get excited about this, but this is what God's saying. When you have an animal that comes, the first, and you are sacrificing it to me, and which is the tithe, the first, and when your child, children are born and you buy those children back with the lamb and sacrifice the lamb, and your children say to you, why are we sacrificing these animals? Why are we tithing? then the Bible tells us what to say. Tell your son in that day, verse 14, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage, strength of hand. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Firstborn, see that? Both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all that opens the matrix being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem. (laughs) Wow! Did you see that? When your baby asks you, why are we doing this? You tell him, Pharaoh wouldn't let us go. So God slew or struck down the firstborn of the land. And as a result, we came out, uh, we got into deliverance. Therefore... I sacrifice to the lord the firstborn of everything I tithe on the first of everything that comes Do you see that what god is telling them to tell the next generation? Pharaoh's first was struck So our first is struck That's right. Why and let me, let me read the next verse and then i'll explain it and it shall be for a token upon thine hand and frontlets between thine eyes, for by strength of hand the Lord has brought us forth from out of Egypt. This is a sign, a token means a sign. God is saying, this is a sign to you. What's a sign? Tithing the first. is a sign to you of what? That I delivered you. A sign of my great deliverance is your tithe. I, I want you to memorize that statement. A sign of God's great deliverance from Egypt is the tithe, the firstborn sacrifice. A tithe, the tithe, a sign of God's great deliverance from the power of darkness into the kingdom of light, is the Christian's tithe. That's right. Now this, i'm not trying to talk about tithing and money. That's not what i'm talking about I'm, not trying to get about a money issue here I'm talking about a heart where well, your money is your heart is And so it's, it's not unusual that god when he talks about how much he loves us and his covenant money is often involved Or 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 things that represent money in this case animals which represented their wealth So where your heart is your treasure is if your heart in covenant with god Your treasure is in covenant with god. You can't separate somebody's heart their love, their covenant from their wealth. No, that's, right. that's, why, that's why Abraham said, I'll give, I'll give all. That's why David said, I'll pay full price because I love God so much, my money is connected. Now, I'm not trying to just get about money here. I'm talking about covenant because I need you to see something here. So I wrote some notes and, and, I, and I, I wanna just kind of explain this to you very quickly. Let me state this statement. God struck down Moses' first, bo- Pharaoh's firstborn, which was required to bring Israel out of Egypt who struck down? God did. That's right. What was Moses' firstborn? Remember he said no, 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 no all the plagues. No, 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 no. It wasn't until the firstborn died that it finally he said go. That's right. So the firstborn was struck down, Pharaoh's firstborn was struck down so that Israel could come out of Egypt. Egypt. Now, the striking down of the firstborn showed that God was keeping covenant with the Israelites. And Delivering them. He struck down the children and the beasts so that Israel would be delivered Amen. So now he says tell Moses tell the people and tell them to tell their children that they are also to sacrifice or strike down their firstborn Their first fruit their tithe To show that they're keeping covenant with me right. that I will continue delivering them Amen. God struck down the first to keep covenant and to deliver. God says, every generation, strike down your first. That's your first fruit. That's your tithe. Strike it down. Sacrifice it to me because I did that to keep covenant and deliver. Now you do the same to keep covenant and to keep me delivering. If you stop doing it, I can't deliver you. If you stop doing it, I can't bless you. If you can't do it, I can't keep helping you. I got you out. By striking the first and you're going to stay out of bondage and you're going to stay in prosperity by striking the first. And when the sniveling next generation who think they know better are whining and arguing with the elders as to why we have to do this, you set him straight. And you let that generation know in no uncertain terms, we strike the first in covenant because of the deliverance. God struck the first in covenant to deliver us. Do you see that, brothers and sisters? Yes. Now, this represents Jennifer Jesus. It does. It does. Now, listen to this statement. It will, if you've got a wig, hold on quickly, ladies. It's about to flip. God struck down, let me read you again. God struck down Pharaoh's firstborn, which was required to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. God struck down his, he sacrificed, he rejected, he offered up on the horns of the altar, his firstborn, which was required to not bring the Israelites, but all humanity, not out of Egypt, but out of darkness and sin, because Egypt represents the darkness and the sin and the bondage that we found ourselves in. Do you see that? As Moses struck down, as God struck down Moses' first to keep covenant, To deliver Israel from darkness and bondage and sin, that's Egypt, God struck down his first, Jesus. He did that to make covenant, to cut covenant with all humanity so that not just Israel, but all men would be out of Egypt, out of the kingdom of hell. Do you see that's why, that's why it had to happen with Pharaoh. I've often heard people say, Pastor Craig, why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? The reason he hardened Pharaoh's heart on the first nine plagues was because the 10th plague had to happen. The 10th plague had to come to pass because it was the great symbol of our salvation. It couldn't stop on plague seven or eight. That's why he kept hardening his heart, hardening his heart, because God had to bring him to the place where the sun was struck down and there was a covenant made between him and his people To deliver them from the hand of the oppressor because it was the greatest symbol in the bible that one day god himself would strike down his own son and it wasn't just for israelites it was for all gentiles and every nation and it was his way of cutting covenant with us every nation to take us out of our egypt which was the kingdom of hell See, without Jesus dying, we could never escape sin. Without Jesus dying, we could never escape darkness. Egypt represented the house of bondage and sin and darkness. Without the firstborn dying, the Israelites would have never been free. Without God's firstborn dying, his children, us, would never be free. Do you see that? God struck down his firstborn to bring humanity, like Israel, out of sin, Egypt. Jesus was God's firstborn that became sin. Remember, Jesus became sin, 2 Corinthians 5. He didn't just take sin. He became the snake on the pole, John chapter 3. Jesus was God's firstborn that became sin. He represented the firstborn of Egypt. Why? Egypt represented sin. It was the firstborn, Jenny, of Egypt. That had to be sacrificed the firstborn of God became sin and he had to be sacrificed Do you see the perfect parallel there? God sent and offered him rejected him cut him off struck him down Just as he struck down the firstborn of egypt It was was the striking of the firstborn that brought about Israel's deliverance and it was the striking of Jesus, his death and resurrection that brought us our deliverance from the hand of the oppressor, Satan himself. God struck down or cut off his firstborn, his first fruit to cut covenant with us. So we are to strike down our firstborn and our first fruit and our tithe to keep covenant with him. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. If tithing caused the Israelites to remember the firstborn of Pharaoh being struck down for their deliverance, how much more in the New Testament does tithing cause us to remember that the firstborn of God, not just Pharaoh, was struck down to deliver us out of Satan's kingdom? God said, do the tithe. It will always remind you as you sacrifice your first and best it will remind you that i cut down their first and their best so that you'd be free if that applied in a type and shadow with a lesser covenant how much more does it apply to the christian today when the pharaoh's son represents jesus the son of sin jesus was god's son that became sin if They remembered by the tithe that God struck down the first to deliver them. How much more today in the New Testament do we not remember by our tithe? As we give our best, we remind ourselves, God struck down and sacrificed his first, his best, his first fruit, his Jesus. He sacrificed him to deliver me. So I, every dollar I earn, I sacrifice back to God. My first in remembrance that he did that for my deliverance in covenant. And I do it today in honor of that covenant, remembering that covenant to keep in the blessings of the covenant. This is why Christians that say tithing is not of the New Testament have no clue about what they're talking about. Tithing is more for the New Testament than even the old. The old, it was a shadow. Today, it is the substance of that shadow. It It was a type. Today, it is the reality of that type. They tithed, remembering the firstborn was struck for their deliverance. We tithe remembering Jesus. The firstborn was struck down for my freedom and salvation. That's right, amen. Glory they tithe the first fruits holy. I tithe my first fruits holy. Willingly. It's holy to God to remember Jesus on Good Friday, technically Thursday, on Passover. He was sacrificed. God cut him off. God rejected him. God poured wrath upon him like the snake on the brass pole of wrath. Judgment. God rejected, struck down, cut off. Remember Jesus said, my father, you've forsaken me. God rejected his best. He rejected his first fruit. He rejected his own son. Why? Because it was required to take me out of my Egypt. And he says, now, if you love me, If you've got covenant with me, which I do, where your covenant, where your heart is there, your treasure is. So if you love me, offer me your best. And every time you do it, remember, he offered his best so I could be in covenant. I'm offering my best to stay in that covenant and to remember that covenant and to show reverence and honor for that covenant. Why do we tithe? Normally you don't hear about tithing and Easter, but tithing goes along with Easter because The whole point of Jesus coming was because he was the firstborn that had to be struck down for us to be delivered. This is the night that we celebrate that he was struck down for my deliverance. But the way we show that is by two main elements. One is communion, his body and his blood. The other is the tithe because in the Old Testament, God said tithe to remember and that God does not change. He changes not. Certain things, legalism changes, but in the New Testament, it carries into the New Testament. We are remembering by our tithe, Good Friday. We are remembering the cross by us giving our best because God gave his best. And you say, well, how do I know it's in the New Testament? Because a post-resurrection scripture in Hebrews 7 verse 8 says that there Jesus receives the tithe, that we give to the Father to, uh, through our high priest of whom it is witness. He is resurrected and he lives forevermore. So after he rose, he's receiving tithes. Why? Because New Testament believers are bringing our best and our first and our first fruit and our tithe. And we're saying, we remember what you did. We remember you died. We remember you were struck down. You cut covenant for me to be delivered. I thank you. I uh, I owe you my eternity that what I do as an act, a physical act, as I I take communion and I tithe. I strike down my first and best. I sacrifice my first fruit as a remembering that you were sacrificed for me. And as I do that, I keep covenant. And as I keep covenant, I continue. The the first was to bring me out of bondage. But now as I continue doing it, I stay in the blessing. I stay out of bondage and I stay in the blessing. My God, my God, my God, my God. Did you notice? I'll close with this. Did you notice that he says here, if you don't tithe on the donkey, you got to kill it. Why? Why was God so emphatic that you actually have to kill the animal? If you're not going to redeem it with a clean animal, you've got to kill it. Why? Because if you let it live, it becomes a curse to you. Did you hear me? If you let what is holy and separated to God be in your possession it produces a curse in your life. But if you give it and you sacrifice it, it produces a blessing in your life. Your tie that you spend on groceries open the do- opens the door to trouble and to the effects of the curse to operate because you've taken something holy and you've dealt with it and you've dealt dishonorably with it, using it for unholy exercises and unholy purchases. That's why he said, if you're not going to do it, kill it. Because if you let that tithe, if you let that first fruit live among you and it hasn't been sacrificed, it will it will produce problems for you. My blessing can't work for you. So it's best if you're not going to redeem it, just kill it. So in other words, what God is saying to us, if you let this thing live so to speak if you let your donkey live if you let your tithe live and you've got it in your pocket instead of putting it in my house for my purposes if you do that what if you sow it if you if you release it if you give it to me if you return it to me i should say it becomes a blessing to you it's an act of covenant and it's an act of blessing but if you touch it you got to kill it in other words don't touch it don't let it live give it to me but if you touch it It's going to produce a curse for you. It's going to produce a problem. It's going to put you back in the world's way of thinking. So this is why it's so important that we tithe. We, Jenny, when I tithe on Sunday morning, I'm going to be remembering Jesus. I'm going to be saying, Jesus, you were the first and the best given for me. And remember, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, you were also the first fruits from the dead. He was the first fruit that gave his life. And he's the first fruit risen from the dead. Jesus, you were the first fruit for me. I take my first fruit and I honor you. It's so beautiful. And it's so precious. It's so precious. Hallelujah. We see Hebrews 7 represents the tithe, represents Jesus' life of whom he lives forever. But... Exodus 13 represents his death. So you see a beautiful thing. The tithe represents both his resurrection and his death. In ex- Exodus 13, it represents his death symbolically. And in Hebrews 7, it represents his resurrection. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me say one other, uh, one other short thing. Do I have it here? I don't know if I, if I can find it, Jennifer. Thank you, Jesus. My, 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 my 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 yes just just that last thing there. Do you see where it says strength of hand verse 16 and this shall be this act of tithing shall be a token a sign unto your hand and frontlets between your eyes for by strength of hand the lord brought you out what does that mean strength of hand that means god delivered you by striking the firstborn down and when it says strength of hand, this is what it means in the Hebrew. When God does it by strength of hand for you, it means he gives you power, he gives you means, and he gives you direction. When God's hand is extended, anytime you see in the Old Testament, God extends his hand, or he uses his hand to deliver, or he uses his hand to guide, the word hand in the Hebrew means to give power, to give means, that's money, that's ability, that's wealth, and to give direction. What do people need in their life most? They need God to give them direction as to what they're supposed to do in their future. They need God to give them means, that is the power to get wealth and all the needs that we have met, including healing and financial prosperity and all the other stuff. And it means to have power, to have the anointing, to be able to have the power of God to work for us in our lives. So God says, this is very powerful. God says, because I have done this, and I've brought you out, I'm giving you by bringing you out, because I struck down the first, I'm giving you the power of my hand, I'm giving you strength of hand, I'm giving you by me delivering you from Egypt, I'm giving you power, I'm giving you means, and I'm giving you direction for your future. Now listen, when you offer to me what is mine, because I'm a jealous God, he says, you offer what represented Jesus to you the first fruit, you give me back in covenant, remembering what Jesus did on the cross, what happens? His powerful hand works in our life. Yes. What I'm trying to say is this, when we honor Jesus and remember His, him being struck down, and we tithe as remembering what he did for us on the cross of Calvary, when we do that, God says to you, the act of tithing produces my hand. That's really what he's saying. When you do this, it produces strength of my hand in your life. What is the strength of his hand? When you do this, when you tithe and honor the covenant and remember that Jesus died for you because the tithe is a remembrance of his death and his resurrection. When you do this, when you tithe, I'm going to give you my hand. When you tithe, I'm going to give you power to get wealth. I'm going to give you means That supply and all that you need, and I'm gonna give you direction. That means I'm gonna lead you into the perfect will that I have for you. Tithing produces power, means, and direction. It's His mighty hand at work in our life and in our future when we obey the covenant. Promise of Life Congregation, you're all tithers, so I'm not doing this to manipulate you to tithe, because you all tithe anyway. I mean, I don't know, 90 something percent, 95 percent or whatever tithe. But listen, I'm not saying it because I'm trying to get your money. You've already tithed. What I'm trying to let you know is on Sunday morning, when you bring your tithe, I want you to have a fresh revelation burning in your heart. Connect your tithe from now and forever, every week from now on, not just at Easter time. Connect your covenant act with the cross. Jesus was struck down as God's first and best and first fruit and firstborn so that I would be delivered from darkness. And I take my first fruit and my best, my tithe, and I return that back in covenant to him, remembering what Jesus did for me and thanking him that his power, his means, and his direction is working in my life because I'm a covenant man. Jesus was a covenant Jesus, and I'm a covenant man. And it's all connected to my covenant, to the blood and to tithing. I'm telling you, I, I, I wish people could understand this, Jenny. When I put that tithe check in, I, I actually, people just think, most people think when you put the tithe in, you're just thinking about money. You're just thinking about being blessed. You're just thinking about this, or you're thinking about being healed because if of your covenant. You know, when I put my tithe in, I think about the cross. I think he was struck down as God's best. This is my best. And I sacrifice it like God sacrificed his. Jesus, you gave yourself. I give my best back to you. Thank you. Hallelujah. It's powerful. It's powerful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege. Father, we thank you that Jesus was given to us as your best and as your first. And you saved us because of it, Jesus, and you delivered us out of the hand of the Egyptians. You delivered us out of the hand of bondage. By your covenant cutting blood, you saved us. Lord, we tithe our lives to you, our time to you, our money to you, our week to you. If it's sacred, we give our best back to you to remember that you gave your best to us and we return it to stay in that covenant with you. And you'll give us your hand. You'll give us your power, your means, and your direction because we're covenant people bless the people, Father, that have listened tonight. May this truth burn in their hearts in the name of Jesus. May tithing never be the same again to them. When they tithe next time, let them remember the cross. When they tithe a month from now, a year from now, let them remember the cross because tithing is directly connected with the cross. And we thank you, Jesus, for it. We give you praise. Thank you for being the first fruit from the dead. You were the first fruit sacrificed in death and you were the first fruit raised from the dead. Glory to God. We give you praise and honor and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.